0: Ugh, Megan, I'm sitting here and I'm trying to come up with, an, with a way to begin this show, but I just, I don't know how.
1: Uh, I mean, Scotty, all that's left to do is, you know, you gotta step up your game. You gotta break out the F-word. Fuck? No, the other F-word. Fucking? The other, other F-word.
0: <laughs> Jeff, Feffrey, Fien, Forgan? <laughs>
1: Yep, Feffrey Dean Morgan, that's the one you (laughs) (laughs) do.
0: Welcome to Feffrey Dean Morgan, AKA Fun Fiction. I'm your host, and I love bread,
1: Scotty Moore! And, uh, I'm a little bi-furious. I'm Megan Danger.
0: (laughs) I was really... And I know that bread makes you fat. That makes you fat? (laughs) We're talking about Scott Pilgrim today, and I really hope everyone's ready for us to make this real uncomfortably horny real fast, because holy shit, this film.
1: (laughs) I mean, I... Uh, I was going to talk a lot about the the comics, but... That's
0: a... Yeah, I would be very interested in that because for my fanfic, I was researching stuff with the seven evil exes and I started coming across all the comic stuff and holy shit, there's a lot... I mean, that's with every movie adaptation, but there's a lot more shit in those comics, huh?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I, I love the movie. I love the movie a lot. Um, I actually rewatched it. Fairly recently, after not having seen it for a really long time, but to me, and, and I, I, I do like it, but like my initial reaction as someone who had read the comics first, um, and then went and saw it in theaters was massive disappointment.
0: <laughs> I could see that. That was me with Ready Player One. I was like, I could see how normal people like this, but the book is very good. The sequel- wow, that's
1: a that's a that's a controversial take.
0: The sequel is. Shit, I've not even read it. I've don't read-
1: most? I've, I've never read it, but I, I believe the going uh, opinion is that people fucking hate Ready Player One. It's
0: eighties nostalgia porn, which fucking look at me and tell me I would not be into eighties nostalgia porn.
1: There's a that's that's <laughs> fair, but ain't the dude like? A high key
0: incel? Oh no! I hope not. I only like, gotta have to look up stuff but about. But like
1: it. in the in the book too. Like isn't that whole point that it kind of bleeds through? Well,
0: hold on. Perfect segue. Much like in Scott Pilgrim, the ki- main character is an insufferable piece of shit. But at least in Scott Pilgrim, <laughs> that's valid. that's the point. <laughs> that's kind of the point.
1: Is that he's shitty? This is true. We are... And that and that was another thing that I feel like doesn't translate well to the movie is comic Scott Pilgrim is. He's a, he's a little piece of shit. And, and in the comics, it's absolutely like... It's commented on. It is known. The text, like the narrative omniscient text box is just like, you little fucker. Yeah. I, I feel like the movie goes out of its way to... Kind of try to make him a better person.
0: Yeah. Well, they had Michael Sarah play him,
1: which is, oh, God. I'm just, you know, I'm just going to jump right in. The film is so well cast. Yeah. In like every, like it's, it's so perfectly cast. Everyone is so great in their roles except Michael Sarah. And that's not even a knock on Michael Sarah. It's just, really weird bad casting he is not scott pilgrim i yes and
0: no like i
1: feel like i like him
0: being a shy little nerdy boy because it's kind of good to see a shitty boyfriend character played by someone who's not just My name's Tough Strongman, and I got big muscles, and I love the ladies. Like I (laughs) like that's
1: that's not Scott in the comics either. Like Scott is a high key nerd, but he's a nerd in such a different way than Michael Skit Sarah's little fucking mumble core (laughs) shit. I I guess it's just he's he's not he's not a soft boy. (laughs) I
0: guess it's just because this is, that's the, when I imagine Scott Pilgrim, I do imagine Michael Sarah. You know who, and I'm, this is going to get me shit, but like this is, I consider him evil Michael Sarah anyways, so he would have been perfect for this. Jesse Eisenberg. Uh,
1: no, that's still bad. No, still, you still bad. I don't see. That's the thing. I, I have a hard time because I don't know. It'd be better if I had like an a clear mental alternative in my head. And- I don't know what people were saying at the time. Who people were saying who like, no, it should be this person instead. Because I think people. Part of the problem is people were mentally like people were fan casting what you were saying. Like i I'm a cool band dude type, and I was like, no, no. Like he is still a scrawny shitty fuck boy.
0: Yeah. Um Oh, I have Whoa, I have found our perfect website. It's called MyCast, and it's just where you fan cast shit. Um Well, unfortunately, this one's on IMDB, but I'm going to assume who this boy is supposed to be cast is is Scott, and they chose Tom Holland, fucking obviously. Now,
1: this one... Same problem! Same problem! Yeah. Too
0: soft! This one would be interesting. I assume this is casting for Gideon. Timothy Chalamet would be very interesting as, as Gideon. Would.
1: I think he's a little too young now. Give him a few years, I think he has big Gideon energy.
0: Everyone. Everyone's picking Tom Holland for Scott Pilgrim. There, I... I-
1: don't understand that. It's the same- I've column. opened- he's, he's too much of a gentle nerd. I have opened three separate
0: fan castings of Scott Pilgrim, and it's Tom Holland every fucking time. What is wrong with people? Perhaps a different man, which would be, um, oh god, what's homeboy's name? Um, Andrew Garfield, maybe? Hmm too pretty yeah that was that was the same problem with him as spider-man it's like no you're too cool it's a tough line to walk and i'm kind of happy they fell on the more shy nerdy side rather than the douchey
1: side of, of of affairs it's it's true like it's better better he be too fucking whatever than like too cool and handsome but it just, he sticks out so much because the rest of the casting is just so fucking A+. plus. Like, I'm- as much as I was frustrated when I saw the movie as a fan of the, the graphic novels, like, you cannot fuck with the rest of the casting.
0: Oh, yeah. Fucking Captain America reminding everyone that he's actually a funny, cool human being. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. And oh, they're just so good. The girl who plays Knives is perfect. The girl who play like, the, the, and then, oh, god, fucking Envy is perfect. And Anna Kendrick is his sister. (laughs) Fucking Wallace Wells is, like, Do you know who plays Wallace? Do you know, uh, Kirian Culkin. Yes! Macaulay Culkin's like, fucking
0: little brother or cousin or some shit.
1: I don't know, yeah, all the, the Culkins are like, one of those like, actor- families that are difficult to keep track of like the, the baldwins or the um the Wayneses or whatever yeah, yeah. or it's like i don't know which they fucking are they're, they're a- <laughs> we uh
0: we just watched uh home alone 2 lost in donald trump's america and <laughs> for some reason i don't know why but i fell in love with kieran culkin in that film and i was like i hope this fucker went on to be famous and then i saw he was wallace and i went you know what good for him because like this film was a springboard for a lot of these actors. Like,
1: it was. That was like what we were, when um, me and RJ were rewatching it, because we were, you know, we were saying like it was 10 years ago and we were like, fuck, there's Aubrey Plaza. Fuck, there's Anna Kendrick. Fuck, there's, you know, <laughs> there's Captain America. There's Brie Larson. There's, it's like, damn, man.
0: <laughs> yeah. Same with community. Community's the exact same way. You'll be watching community and just every Marvel Cinematic Universe actor is in there at some point. But yeah, I was reading earlier, because like, it's weird how outside of the video game fight scenes, how pseudo-realistic a lot of it is. Like, didn't really try to get into the weird- like, I didn't know subspace- was a thing until i was reading about the comics today and i like Mm -hmm. that explains why scott sees her in her his dreams she's but they didn't say that shit
1: no there's so much video game lore in the comics and stuff that doesn't get there's just there's two i mean that's the problem it's six volumes of graphic novel that you try to distill into a movie. And I think they pretty much took like some of book one, most of books like three and four, a little bit of book six, and we're just kind of like, Egh. and because they don't give Ramona her character development and because that actress playing knives is like so fucking cute, you end up with this awkward thing of like, Maybe knives and Scott should be a couple that, Which is yeah. bad and wrong because Knives is a high schooler. Yeah, that
0: I'm not gonna that's what I thought the end of the film was going to be when I first saw it. I thought, okay, Ramona goes off to live her life free from men ruining it, which is pretty much what this film is, and then knives and Scott get together.
1: Because what Scott's how old is Scott? Scott is twenty three and then I think he turns 24 over the course of the books
0: okay so never mind i was gonna be it because he because he is michael Sarah. i'm like he's obviously just turned 18 he's a fresh-faced baby boy <laughs> um now in that case i would have been like yeah it's okay he is,
1: what's funny is he's actually like in the in the cast he's actually one of the youngest ones in that cast i think knives is actually older than <laughs> 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 Like, pretty much everybody in that cast is older than Michael Sarah, which is pretty funny. But in the context of the the story, is no bueno. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. It is such a fun breakdown of, like, pseudo-toxic masculinity. Of just, like, when you start dating someone new, you do feel like you do need to be better than all their exes and beat them out at everything. And it's a really fun breakdown of that. And honestly, like the film is so good, because I it rarely happens where something is good as background ambiance and as just a viewing experience. Cause like The Office is everyone's go-to background show. Viewed critically, I am not a fan of most episodes of that series, but like as background never, noise. I'm never like, really okay. Watched it.
1: <laughs> okay, so I see I like what this person is saying here. They're saying, whoever played Young Neil could have just been graduated to scott and it would have been good and it's like you know what they're not wrong
0: oh yeah i could definitely see that i have pictures of all of the cast pulled up right now for my own dark purposes that we'll get into in a few but uh (laughs) yeah i could definitely see yeah because he's he's got that perfect mix of nerd but douche Which which was basically my clique in high school. Where and his
1: and his hair is right.
0: Oh, that hair is perfect for it too.
1: (laughs) Which is stupid, but you know what? It matters to me. Yeah, but when did I start reading? I don't remember. I do not remember what the circumstances were of why I started reading those comics. Of what would make me be like? Yeah, I'm gonna start reading Scott Pilgrim. Like I don't know if it was recommended to me. Was it
0: a popular thing back then? Because like no for, yeah for the most part <laughs> most adaptations of books while most people think oh it's just cash grabs on harry potter no there are a lot of movies that are just based off of pseudo well-known books and uh, scott pilgrim is definitely one of those in my mind
1: and and this was i know i was into it before like the, this was way before the movie was a thing yeah yeah um not to be not to be that hipster asshole. Um. But, uh, cause by the time, you know, when it was announced, I was like in deep because the casting mattered to me that fucking much. Uh, so yeah, no, I don't fucking remember what precipitated it because yeah, it wasn't popular enough that I would just pick it up and be like, yes, of course, Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim, yes. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. I wish I could fucking remember. Uh, so nope, I got nothing. What
0: were your big. <laughs> bugaboos with the movie before we get into me talking about how good of a fucking movie this is sure
1: because that's that's the thing like um if i'm looking at it on its own merits just as a movie i think it's very enjoyable um because i love edgar wright and i think it's i I
0: think this is one of edgar wright's best if i (laughs) met
1: as its own much much like the film constantine as its own thing i like it quite a bit um, I, I think it does a lot of cool things. I think the characters are great. I think it is so quotable, um, as an adaptation, I think it leaves a lot to be desired. I think it does a lot of characters. I think it does Ramona dirty. Um, oh, I think Ramona it does, got
0: done so dirty in yes, this it film. It does
1: Ramona, it does Ramona super dirty. It does Scott dirty in a lot of ways, just from his original character source, um it just for the sake of of time you know but it's kind of outside their control because it's a movie his bandmates get fucking shafted yeah they're they're
0: nothing in this film arguably like there's so much between god what's the uh drummer's name
1: Uh, Kim, Kim Pine.
0: Kim. Yeah, there's so much between Kim and Scott that seem unexplored in this film. I'm like, I know there was a lot, but film ain't gonna tell me about it, huh?
1: And then there's seeing stuff with Kim and Ramona. Um, yeah, you don't really get to it. There's just, there's so much with these characters that you don't get. You don't get a lot of why Scott is the way he is. Like, because that's the thing that you really get in, like, the later volumes Is like, yeah, Scott is a little turd, but you do at least get sort of an explanation of that. And, you know, at the end, a lot of what, you know, of of why Scott and Ramona end up together is like, okay, we kind of deserve each other. And they make this sort of like, all right, we're going to try to be better and we're going to try to do it together because we're two kind of broken people. And... Know there's just it's very relatable um that they don't have like this big moment of understanding. It's just like, yeah, we're we're two people in our mid-20s and we're kind of fucked. Um, let's give this another shot. Now that all of this big loud video gamey shit is over, like this is what's left. And I don't know, that's there's something very human about that, and that's what I think is cool about the series. Is it is such a great combination of big crazy video gamey shit of subspace highways through people's heads of extra lives and making people explode into loose change and, uh, you know, people leaving dents on the moon and shit, but also yeah. people bumming around on their friend's couch and uh, having dead end jobs and cheating on people and just, you know, being shitty people in their mid 20s and it's that it's just mushed together in such a, a well done way like it's vid- it's the weird like comic book video game version of like magical realism which i think is just a wildly unique thing that you don't see and and the the, the movie doesn't the movie doesn't do that the movie is just comic book stuff
0: yeah uh, there is still a little bit of the realism in there like but yeah i think they probably went a lot harder with it in the comic books because they could i do like that you're a a nice person who's not immediate like it's shit because like we're both writers whether we like whether i like to admit it or not and we're both aware a film is 90 minutes long if they tried to put all of that shit in there and in fact some of the concepts might not just not work at all like uh, i'm gonna go back to ready player one as an example one of my favorite scenes in the book does involve the main character playing pac-man for 24 hours which for me being a video game nerd was like that's fucking awesome I knew that wasn't going to be in the movie. I knew you couldn't just put a dude playing Pac-Man for 24 hours on a screen and people would be like, yeah. So, like, yeah, it's the same thing with Scott Pilgrim. There's so many high concepts that they definitely had to dilute it into a movie. And I, I think it didn't get as watered down as some flicks, a la Ready Player One which had a giant robotic TJ Miller and I still will never forgive them for it. So like I I think they did the best <laughs> with what they did, with with what they had. Edgar Wright went into it doing what he does best, which is combining music and film. Like the I I read about earlier, the twins aren't DJs in the comics. They're just like nope. robotics experts, right?
1: Yep. Yeah, the twins, the twins aren't like the twins are about as shafted in the actual comics as they are in the movie. Um <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, I was reading about it and uh cuz they speak in the comics,
1: right? Barely, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, apparently in the movie they were going to speak, then they cast two non-speak English speaking actors and they said, "Okay, they're just not going to talk."
1: <laughs> cool, Edgar. <laughs> cool work, Edgar. That's a choice, Edgar. <laughs> as as a
0: choice but yeah i think it, i i really love this film so much like like you said all of the actors are perfectly casted they're all aware of the fact that, like going back to beetlejuice last week where they had to be kind of convinced to be in this weird thing no all these actors knew they were going in for something fucking weird and were immediately like let's go let's go let's party
1: oh yeah no everybody's on board like 110 percent it's so good it's like just so it's just such a celebration of this kind of shit
0: <laughs> yeah a video game culture of nerd punk kind of music like it's just got all of it smashed in your face <laughs> of
1: canada, <laughs> of canada.
0: <laughs> that's i think honestly that's the most genius thing about it is they took this dreary backdrop of Toronto, Canada, and just put bright colors on top of it to help everything pop. Um,
1: well, because most of the places are are real, also because that's because that's, that's where Brian Lee O'Malley be from, and yeah, yeah. like he's shown like pictures of like, uh, Scott and Wallace's horrible, sad hovel of an apartment. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well. I do want to do something before we get into the fan fiction, because I, there was a tweet that went around recently, which did say, no one watched Scott Pilgrim for Scott, and then posted all of the attractive people in this film.
1: And <laughs> oh, you <he> ain't wrong. <laughs> I have
0: pulled up a tier maker of Scott Pilgrim characters. We're about to make the horny on main tier list of Scott Pilgrim characters. This
1: is it. This is what Fun Fiction has been building towards. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, time.
0: Okay, do we want to start... Do we want to go character and then give them a tier, or do we want to start S tier? Because Envy Adams already is on the S tier. Like, I had that up there before we were even recording. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we've already got Envy in the yes. S spot. Well,
1: oh, that, that is, that is our beautiful. That's also, cause it's like, are we doing characters? Are we taking actors into account? Because that is Brie Larson. Yes,
0: but it's are we, also. Are we the,
1: putting her up there because she's Brie Larson or because it's Envy Adams? <laughs>
0: It's because no, because I think the the Envy Adams enhances the Bree Larson. This is the best Bree Larson that ever Bree Larson.
1: Because Envy Adams is a monster, but then she also does sing a song and it is metric.
0: Yes. <laughs> um Aubrey Plaza, whose character I have forgotten the name of. This one is a character versus actor, because if it was Aubrey Plaza
1: It would be it would be S tier. Uh, she is a horrible character, but she can speak cuss words into existence like the fucking dragonborn in Skyrim.
0: Now, wait, are we going purely horny on main or are we also imagining a relationship with these characters? Because that's going to tick her down a few for me.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, see, this is where it gets complicated. All right, are we going pure? I, I feel like in the spirit of fun fiction, we have to go purely horny on main. Okay, okay. A, a-, a- tier? I think... Eh, yeah,
0: I'm stuck between A tier and B tier for her. All right, so leave, leave, her in
1: the, leave her in the middle for now.
0: I'll put her in B tier. I also feel like, because even if we did do the dirty, she would be abusive the whole time, and I'm not into that. Um, fucking Lucas Lee, Chris Evans, skateboard daddy.
1: Ooh. <sighs> Dirt, dirty, dirty bad boy Captain and he
0: doesn't seem like that bad of a guy. No. Like, there's that moment during the fight where he just looks over and just checks up on uh, Ramona and makes sure she's doing okay. And it's like, he seems nice. Yeah, he's
1: like, how you doing? He seems nice. How's it going?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think A tier for him. A-
1: oh, that's that's what I was going to say. You read my mind. Yeah, he's not he's not top tier, but he's definitely A tier.
0: I don't know who this... This is the little fucker at the party oh, that's who Steph
1: tells... Oh, Yeah, um he doesn't he doesn't do it for me there's nothing wrong with him but
0: how far down we take i i was gonna say there's no one in f tier but i think he may be f tier
1: i mean if he's average like if i I looked at him i wouldn't be like 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 uh, is f tier like someone we're actively not horny
0: for or well here's the thing like
1: I think he's the worst
0: of all of these that we have. So I think he obviously has to be the worst, which being the least attractive Scott Pilgrim cast member ain't nothing to s- that's not a shame. That's nothing to that's Is this average
1: Fun for people who can't
0: see it. No, well, they can still hear who we're talking about. Like, all we're doing is sorting it out, and then I'm going to put this on the Fun Fiction Twitter account. Okay. Um, up next, we have Kim.
1: We have Kim, the drummer. Um, she's cute in, like, a grungy kind of way. Um, I got, I'm got. i between I'm, C and I, D I, for would Kim. Her at, I would put her at D.
0: D? Okay. Yeah,
1: ask Al, ask Allison Pill. It's the haircut. It's not a flattering haircut. It looks like a wig. It does it's look probably, like a it nest. It probably is a wig,
0: actually. It looks like Garfield died on her head. <laughs>
1: uh, up Gross. next, I believe we have Young Neil. Young Neil. Uh, young Neil's a cutie pie. I would put him somewhere between a B and a C for me personally. I I'm gonna pump him
0: up to a B. I'll be the deciding vote there. He's a cutie. Up next, we have uh, Roxy Richter.
1: Roxy Richter. See, the problem is I'm burdened. With knowledge, because I don't find her very cute here, but I also know that that's uh, what's her face, May May Whitman.
0: Oh wait, what? Okay, hold on. Well, no, because I don't want to be tainted.
1: <laughs> you want you want to keep it pure. I
0: actually think she's cuter as Roxy than she is in real life.
1: She she's, looks like a who the, from who? She's the voice of so many people. I find attractive. <laughs>
0: I'm going to say C or B, so if you want to be the deciding vote there.
1: I would put her more towards a C. I just don't find her as hot.
0: I think it's the under-eye raccoon makeup.
1: She's just not quite my type.
0: All right. Um, I can't tell who... The, can you tell who this is? It looks like a lead singer that's of a band. The,
1: that's the lead singer of the first band that they go up against. Uh, that's Crash and the Boys.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. He's Crash and yes. they're the boys. Yep. He's kind of cute. Like, I don't think I'd know much about him, personality wise. But overall, mm. eh, C tier. Really? I think I'd C tier him. You put, Do you want to? You de- put him above Kim? I'd put him above Kim. Okay. He's got a um a Topher Grace quality that gets to me. D-
1: to- Topher Grace like strung out. <laughs> He's got a heroin addicted <laughs> Topher Grace
0: look that I'm really into. <laughs> Uh, up next, we have the uh, the twins. They are very cute. They are super fucking cute, but I think C tier for them as well, and I think that's going to get get us into an argument.
1: I would put them in B tier. I think they're cute.
0: I'll give you that one. I'll, since you gave me my Topher Grace C tier, I'll give you the <laughs> B tier twins. Up next, we have Gideon, who...
1: Jason Schwartzman is not attractive. I'm sorry. Uh,
0: Hold on. I'm going to make a case for him to at least be higher than this fuck down there.
1: Okay, I wouldn't put him at. No. Jason Schwartzman
0: is not attractive. No, no, no. Jason Schwartzman's not attractive. The
1: personality
0: of Gideon.
1: I thought we were just doing pure undiluted horniness.
0: Oh, if we're doing. I'm going to put him. I'm going to put him with Kim on D tier. Fine.
1: Wait, wait, not even E. You're, wait, you're, e- t- you're, you're going right to D tier. Yeah, I would, I would go up E-tier. to D. It's the fashion
0: you see. The f- okay, it's that, the- that white stripes blazer that gets me. The
1: fashion is good, but like, it's still Jason Schwartzman. <laughs> the greasiest man
0: alive. And yes. that's nothing against Jason Okay, but I'll move him down to E tier. You put
1: him on E tier where he belongs.
0: <laughs> uh up next we have Wallace, I believe. He's pretty high up there for me. I'm not going to lie. Oh
1: yeah. I mean, I feel weird personally because like in the context of the character, like there's that weird thing where it's like you know like that he would have no interest in me. So I feel like that sort of detracts just personally, but like from an objective standpoint, like, yes, Wallace fucks.
0: <laughs> I mean, by that logic, do you think Envy Adams wants either of us? <laughs>
1: but still, she's on Goddess tier. Well, this is true. Well, and Envy, <laughs> we are the dirt that Envy walks upon, but <laughs> I just meant from an orientation standpoint. Yeah. Wallace uh- would have you. <laughs> I uh, I
0: think C or B for me for Wallace.
1: Yeah, I would say C or B.
0: Oh no, (laughs) we can't. We should have had a guest to help us
1: pick. (laughs) We need we need a third party.
0: I think C. C fits with these. Yeah, we could put him. Uh, Up next, we have knives. Chow. All
1: right. Um. (laughs) um (laughs) i i'm not even
0: watching you and i heard you lean back in your chair as if to say all right let's fucking go well here's what i'm gonna do
1: first of legal age knives chow yes well because in in the film knives chow is a high schooler who i think is like 17 but the actress who plays Knives Chow was born in 1985.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: I know. So she is five years older than me. Yeah, <laughs> or four years older than me. Um, so when the movie came out in in 2010, she would have been twenty five. So she was filming this in her twenties. She was ugly. So we're age. good. Yes. We're so when, good. We, when we look at this picture of her and she looks like a pure high schooler, this is a legal woman in her twenties. It's not <laughs> weird. It's fine. It's fine. We're not creeps. It's okay.
0: <laughs> All right. Where are we going with it? Because I feel like you have more emotional connection to this than I do. She cute. How cute, though, is she A-tier alongside Lucas Lee? Is she B-tier with Aubrey Plaza, the twins, and Young Neil?
1: I, I would put her at A or B.
0: A or B? Yeah. I'm gonna pop her in B. Right. I'm sorry. That's fine. Uh, up. Up next, we have lead singer of band whose name I've forgotten because the film did these, the fuck, they did them so dirty.
1: They did Steven still so dirty, which sucks because Steven has such a great arc because he's such a weird, stressed out grouch. And then it turns out that he had this whole gay awakening. And it's so funny what? because it happens like off screen. And the whole joke is that Scott has been so caught up in his whole like selfish, narcissistic bullshit that he missed one of his best friends' gay awakening and that he's now in a relationship and has <laughs> been. <laughs> that Scott has not noticed because he is that oblivious. <laughs> he's got
0: such a good country boy, even though he's from Canada, look that I really am into. Yeah, no, he's cute. I don't know. C? C tier? C tier. I feel bad for Kim. (laughs) Uh, Up next, we have uh, Matthew Patel. See, here's the thing, because for some reason they put the two guys in the vegan police on this, but they didn't put Matthew Patel's vampiric backup dancers, who probably would have gotten A tier for me. I'm not going (laughs) to lie.
1: Matthew Patel, they uglied him up. The actor looks much better, I think. But um, we're
0: we are going off of okay, the we're character. Going
1: off the, well, I just I'm not I'm not big into the emo scene boy look. So like, and it looks
0: like when your dad tries to do an emo scene boy look.
1: Yeah, so that's like an ear f for me because like he's not a bad looking dude, but that's not a good look at all.
0: I'm I'm popping him up there next to Schwartzman. Now this one's interesting because we both have Scott. And Nega
1: Scott, why would they do that why why is Nega Scott <laughs> that's just Michael Sarah but but pale and evil, okay, so
0: those will just go on the same level, and I'm gonna say d or e <laughs> uh,
1: why is is uh evil Scott not less attractive to you? <laughs> I was gonna say he was more. So we both. Have All right, very we're learning. Different- we're learning something new about you, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Mortal, Mortal Kombat Michael, Sarah. That's what you're into. Okay, we'll put Nega Scott at
0: F, and we'll put Normal Scott at E. Fine, because apparently colors are your thing. <laughs> All right, we're down to. Okay, where are we gonna put these ding dang fucking vegan police boys?
1: I guess it depends on how much you like money playing, doesn't it? What?
0: (laughs) Were they in money (laughs) playing? One of them was. a baby. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Wait, stop the show, which we've already done to do our weird fucking tier
1: list. (laughs) It's milk
0: and eggs, bitch.
1: (laughs) 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 <laughs> it's Who's Money a, playing, bitch.
0: <laughs> it's Money playing, bitch. Who plays them again? It's Thomas, Thomas Jane. Jane and... Cl- oh, wait, who is... Oh, Thomas Jane. No, neither of these men are... A tr- Actually, Clifton Collins Jr. Yeah. Can. Clifton
1: Collins Jr. isn't bad. And Thomas Thomas Jane's circus Scott Pilgrim versus The World was not terrible.
0: Are we... T- do we have to... If we take them both, I'm putting them at D. If it them, was, yeah,
1: that, that's where I would put them. They go at D with Kim. They're keeping Kim company at D. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, we're down to our final three. We have Brandon Ralph playing uh, whatever his fucking name is. Honestly, that blonde on Brandon a- Ralph kind of does. would look for him? I wouldn't go as far as A. I would. Really? Okay. I. Because I'm thinking B. It's the most
1: personality this man has ever had.
0: We'll pop him up there. (laughs) We've got two left. Ramona Flowers and the goddess Anna Kendrick, a.k.a. Scott's sister. I think we're just going to eliminate C through F for these two, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't exist. (laughs) Do either of them match (laughs) Envy Adams?
1: (laughs) I put them both at S, but that's because, I'm a, I'm a A, I'm a simp for Anna Kendrick. Why
0: are we the same person? I I'll pop her up there. I don't care. Yeah, I, I don't give a fuck. I'm, I'm gonna put Ramona yeah, up there put, too. Yeah,
1: just put her there. Yep, we just <laughs> do it. Just fucking do just, it.
0: <laughs> okay, we've done it. We've made our tier list. If you'd like to see it in full, go to our Twitter page. Because I'm not. If the big winners are Anna Kendrick, Brie Larson, and uh, the Crossbow Killer, Mary Elizabeth (laughs) Winstead, and the bigger, biggest failures are Negus (laughs) Scott and and that
1: and that one guy who says Ramona Flowers. She's here at this party.
0: But it's now time to get into fan fiction. Fan fiction. I made the mistake of talking while I had a hit of vape in my mouth, but it's okay. We're going to keep moving on. You're uh, a
1: professional podcaster. It's fine. <laughs> I was
0: muted. It was fine. So, would you like to begin this week with the Scott Peel Graham fan fiction?
1: Yeah. Sure, I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah. So you know, it's me. Y'all know how I do. Um, you know
0: my thing, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: I was in in a in an irony that I hope our listeners will appreciate. <laughs> I was avoiding this because I was I was working on a, a different fan fiction. That was like, what? That was, <laughs> that was for Megan.
0: It's about a K-pop show, isn't it? Or not K- a K-drama, isn't no, it? No,
1: it is not the K-drama <laughs> show that I have not been able to shove up about on Twitter. Uh.
0: <laughs> to a point where you've started bargaining with your followers. Okay, I see you
1: haven't watched this one. <laughs> have you seen this one, though? Oh, I just think people should watch Goliath because it's fucking crazy. <laughs> Because every time I watch it, I'm like, what the fuck? Is this a show about lawyers? What the fuck is this shit? Why is William Hurt's whole fucking dick out? <laughs> <laughs> that's just, just, that's just a wild, I just want to like, I want proof that other people have seen that show and it exists and I'm not insane and hallucinating it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I i was, I was working on something that I was putting like actual time and effort into, um, <laughs> But after that, <laughs> after I pulled that, out
0: a notepad and frantically scribbled words
1: down. Well, after that, I had this idea for this, this concept because, as we know, that's what I do. I introduce concepts, I, I introduce fan fiction amuse bushes. <laughs> tasting platters
0: a finger food a fan, yes. finger fan fiction
1: the the conceptualization that i had was that uh as you said this film was the springboard for many careers uh including those of many superheroes yeah and um what ties in with this is a piece of trivia that became canon after the fact so as far as we knew for a very long time both in the comics and in the scope of the movie when scott finishes his fights uh the the evil exes explode into coins and we don't really know where they go maybe they die it's sort of existentially terrifying we don't address it (laughs)
0: I actually read read about this. A pair, I don't remember if it was the writer or if it was Edgar Wright who said, well, they're not dead. They respawn at their house, and they just know they lost, so they don't want to have to deal with Scott anymore. Also, the airfare to get to Toronto had to have been extreme for them, so they just don't want to deal with it anymore.
1: Yeah, it's Brian Lee O'Malley. It's the guy who who made the comics who said that. The thing is, he said it, like, a while after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> He took his sweet time letting everybody know that. Uh, so combining that with this idea, I had this really great idea. I I say really great. I'm just uh, I'm really setting myself up of what if there, there are these situations where certain characters are like in hiding in Toronto because who the fuck is looking for you in Toronto. So, Hydra has, you know, fucking dissolved... Hold on, I just
0: got... I just got conceptual whiplash by the name Hydra being dropped.
1: Holy shit! <laughs> Wait for it! Hydra has dissolved S.H.I.E.L.D. at the end of the Winter Soldier. What the fuck?! <laughs> Everybody's gotta go into fucking hiding! Captain America... You know, the fucking Nick Fury's like, Captain America, you get your fucking, you get America's ass to Canada. No one will look for you there. Here, take this assumed identity. You are now Lucas Lee. It'll be great. It's fantastic. Take, take this Don't skateboard, worry about my take, boy. Take, take, the, take this skateboard, motherfucker. And while he's and there. And And while he's there, he gets the shit kicked out of him. By this scrawny little Canadian motherfucker named Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> what? what? And, he does, and, it's, and it's confusing and terrifying. Why is this small Canadian boy able to beat the shit out of Captain America? And in an explosion of loose Canuck change, suddenly <laughs> he reappears on Nick Fury's couch. And he's like, what in the shit? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know what happened. A whiny little alt-rock boy just beat me up. <laughs> it was terrifying.
0: He took my
1: skateboard. <laughs> Captain Marvel. Also in hiding after the events of the Skrull invasion. Where would people not think to look for her? Canada. <laughs> she has an ill-advised fling with a scrawny Canadian <laughs> <boy>. <laughs>
0: in Scott Pilgrim, vegan is code for Skrull. He's actually a Skrull <laughs> in disguise.
1: The thing is, um, while Captain Marvel, you know, is she's she's you know, she's different than everybody else. She she can't really connect to anybody until she finds someone. She finds a meta-human also in hiding for very similar reasons. Who's so much like her, and is he? When they get they get close to each other, they no. they, you know, they start to bond. <laughs> no, and he tells her that his name is Clark Kent. Son of a bitch, <laughs> and they form a band. You know because it's so different from what they were doing before you know she was in the air force he was an investigative reporter but now they're in canada and they have a band and they're having such a good time and then this little canadian comes and beats the shit out of him I love how none of them are trying to fight crime.
0: None of them are doing their jobs in Canada. They're like, you know what? Let's take some us
1: time to become to become band members. Exactly. They just want a little me time in Canada. Um, and yeah, he and he he tr Superman tries like he fucking you know he puts up a fight and it seems like you know he might make it happen, but. Then, you know, it's his kryptonite. (laughs) It's milk and eggs. (laughs) (laughs) And an explosion of Canadian change. And suddenly Superman wakes up. In the Fortress of Solitude.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say on Nick Fury's ship, and Nick Fury's like, I got no idea who the (laughs) fuck this kid is. I don't know who
1: the fuck you are. Nah, he got to be at his house. He wakes up in the Fortress, or no, he wakes up in fucking Kansas, on Ma and Pa Kent's couch, and they're just like, Clark, where the fuck have you been? And he's just like, what the, where the fuck, shit, shit, I'm back in Smallville, god damn it. Oh, Lois is gonna fucking murder me! <laughs> but fucking Captain Marvel and playing Alt Rock—it sounds like metric. <laughs> and
0: then one day, Santa Claus's daughter gets into it. <laughs> has
1: well, to go to Canada. But then, it's then this this whiny little Canadian boy, this scrappy young Canuck, thinks he meets the love of his life and she's she's skating through his head and she tells him she tries to warn her she's like i got a dark past man you know i've been i've been through a lot and he's like i can handle this i can fight off you know your evil exes i can deal with this and she's like i don't know i don't know if you can scott can can you handle roman Cyanus? It's from flowers And they try to be together, and Scott fights off uh, various evil exes, and and very vari- and times are had by all.
0: Don't do it.
1: <laughs> Don't you fucking dare. And then Harley Quinn and Ghost show up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> As if they show up to fight Gideon, she pulls out a fucking crossbow, and
1: Scott's like, holy shit, what? <laughs> and I'm going to be oh. honest with you. That was about where I kind of left off because those are all of the characters who kind of went on to do those sort of people, apart from Thomas Jane, who went to got to a money
0: plane. <laughs> so this guy gets caught robbing a money plane, right? And he goes to Canada. <laughs> And he steals
1: Superman's powers to help He goes, he explodes in a shower of coins (laughs) and he wakes up on Edge's couch and was like, shit, you won't believe what the fuck happened.
0: I'm not gonna lie, after Superman, I was sitting there like, okay, that's it. That's all of them. We're good. And then you started talking about Ramona and I said, oh, no, we're (laughs) fucked. (laughs) Surely, has Michael Sarah not played a
1: superhero?
0: Not like a good one, but like you know, a sec- like Booster Gold, played by Michael Sarah.
1: Oh, damn! I'd watch the shit out of that.
0: Actually, no. My dream casting for Booster Gold and uh, Blue Beetle are Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. <laughs> Full on.
1: Oh God! But yeah, only as like at this point, just retired, uh, upset, past their prime
0: hey (laughs) i was right he has played a superhero of sorts and he did play a shitty one because he did play robin in the lego batman movie
1: oh that's right he did i love that movie
0: you you told me about this so i shouldn't be surprised but it did blow my mind once again that michael Sarah was on twin peaks
1: yep he sure was I've got
0: so long to go before I can get to that. Okay, well, your fan fiction broke me emotionally. Yes, um, score. <laughs> well, I'm happy you went buck wild with yours because I went buck wild with mine, but I told you in a different way because it's buck wild for me. Because to quote you, Scotty went normcore this week. I just wrote like a normal, nice fan fiction story without worrying about how to incorporate Money Plane or Frasier into it?
1: Because for me, I was... Wait, si- wait. you can do that? Yeah. Does it still count as fan fiction? Without if, Fraser? if it doesn't have Kelsey Grammer, does it still count as fan fiction? If a Kelsey Grammer
0: falls in the forest and no one's around to write about it, is it really fan fiction?
1: These are the things that the philosophers of our time have considered. Yeah, but I just, I wanted
0: to figure out what happened afterwards with the evil exes, because, like, they all were like, well, Gideon woke up and decided to let them live with their lives. I'm like, nah, Gideon's fucked up. Like, no, Gideon would try something else. So I wrote a sequel of sorts, but it's very short, and uh, it kind of shows the evil exes and what happens after their defeat. (laughs) The seven evil exes have come together once again after their defeats at the hands of Scott Pilgrim. Most of them are actually unsure of why this meeting was even called, as Gideon had all but disappeared after his loss to Pilgrim at Chaos Theater. They all give awkward stares across the table from one another before they actually begin to speak. And it's during this time that they realize something that they had never realized before. They have fucking nothing in common. Oh, yeah, amplifiers. I-, I know what those are, Lucas Lee comments at the Katayinagi twins, causing Roxy to roll her eyes at him. So do you kiss girls or what? Okay, I think I'm about done here, she replies, grabbing her bag and slinging it over her shoulder. Well, wait a second. Patel stands up and quickly ushers Roxy back to her seat. I'm sure there's a perfectly reasonable explanation for why we're all here. To do what? Fight Scott Pilgrim? Roxy replies, fighting back against Patel. You know the whole thing was defeating Ramona's seven evil exes, not defeating them twice. He might be an insufferable little shit, but he did what he was supposed to do. Did he, though? A voice spoke from a nearby corridor. It stood tall and slender, silhouette against the bright light emanating from the hallway. His very smile seemed to shine across the room as he strode in and took his seat at the head of the table. It was... Gideon? Thanks, Lucas. Everyone (laughs) said you disappeared. I did, Lucas. Thank you for the warm welcome, by the way. He smirked as he leaned back and placed his pleather boots onto the oak table. I disappeared because I just couldn't believe what you six let happen to me. What we let happen to you? Roxy immediately gets up and gets in Gideon's face. It wasn't our decision to do any of this. You're the one that put the league together. You're the one that sent us out as your whipping dogs. And you're the one that forced us to torture Ramona. Ah, Roxy, Roxy, Roxy. He looks at her with a sly grin that causes her to go closer and closer to full lesbian on her sliding scale of bisexuality. (laughs) What if I told you what we were doing was not torture? It was revealing the truth to her. And sometimes the truth hurts. It was your job to go and remind her of how terrible she's been at picking partners. Show her how terrible of a partner she had chosen until she ran back into the arms of the only perfect man she had ever been with. Now, I'm not saying you're all bad. You're all perfectly acceptable human beings. But you have to admit you have flaws. Roxy is, of course, not tall enough for her. The twins are too intense for her. Lucas is too self-absorbed. I'm sorry, what? Lucas comments as he looks up from Instagram. And dare we go into Todd's animalistic discretions? He comments looking up at a much weaker-looking Todd Ingram, whose entire body had seemed to wither away without the support of his vegan superpowers. Maybe choose black coffee next time, bud. But, uh, despite all of these flaws, you all have one thing in common, and that's what- and that's that you all wanted the best for Ramona. And clearly- What's best for Ramona is me. Are you sure about that? A nervous voice spoke, causing all of the evil exes to look up at the doorway to see another figure, silhouetted, albeit a little bit more awkwardly, nervously shifting their body back and forth, attempting to look cool. He takes multiple steps towards Gideon, each step gaining in pace. That's right. It was Pilgrim. Motherfucker, Lucas, just let me have this one thing. <laughs> you aren't allowed in here, Pil- Pilgrim. This place is for evil exes and evil exes only. Gideon was furious, spitting vitriolic fire into the face of the young Scott Pilgrim, who looks back at him with a nervous glance before pulling out an iPhone. I'm sorry, does this not get me access? He hands over the phone to Gideon, who stares down at it with fury. But eventually that fury fades and devolves into laughter as he looks down at a message from Ramona that simply said, I'm sorry, Scott. I can't do this anymore. She dumped your ass too, you loser. Gideon was laughing uproariously, but the rest of the league wasn't so ecstatic. That sucks to hear, man. Lucas comments in his first attempt at real human compassion in his life. You want to go lift later? Tons of babes at the pier. Why do you lift at the pier? What happened? What did you do to her? Roxy rushes Scott and pins him against the wall. What did you do to Ramona? Oh, um, we just kinda grew apart after a while. Scott admits rather matter-of-factly. Grew apart? Roxy was dumbfounded. That's not- that's not a thing! That's just a lie people tell each other so they don't admit how shitty their relationship was! Oh no, the relationship was actually pretty great. I understand why you guys got so caught up on her. She's- pretty amazing and so you've come to join the league gideon remarks approaching scott with that same wry smile that could cause even the hardest of dicks to turn inward on itself <laughs> you want revenge on ramona too eh no not really they just told me i had to come here after we broke up is this a regular thing or can i opt out because this is my D night Oh, I just started a campaign with an ericrokin robe named Shabboth, who's working under a dark wizard that's stolen the heart of Faerun, and I have to work (coughs) against the wizard to reclaim my true heart and innocence. (laughs) That's good to hear, Lucas. Maybe we can play sometime. Wait. No, 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 no. Ramona Flowers is irresistible. Her thrall over men is the stuff of legend. I mean, we have a fucking league dedicated to her. Gideon screams, confused as to how Pilgrim quickly turned the league against their ideals. How can you be okay with this, Pilgrim? She's perfect! Yeah, but she's her own person. She does what she wants to do, and I'm not gonna get in the way of that. Like I said, we both kinda just grew out of it. I Like, as a kid, I hated broccoli, but now I can eat it okay. I just grew out of it. We're still friends. Me and Ramona, I mean, not me and broccoli. I hate broccoli remarked Gideon, who was anxiety-eating out of a bowl full of peanut m ms Suddenly, Scott's phone rings, and he quickly rushes towards the door. Oh, sorry, guys, I gotta run. Wallace is getting back with the pizza soon, and we're about to begin. He actually invited Knives over, and she's actually over 18 now, so less creepy, I I guess? (laughs) With that, Scott whisks himself out of the league's base with D&D on his mind and pizza in his heart, Meanwhile, Gideon had reached the last of his bowl of M&Ms and stares up at the rest of the league. You know, that Pilgrim kid's got a point. It's not right to try and ruin Ramona's life. I mean, she's her own woman with her own mind, and it's not up to us to control her life just because we dated her. Lucas comments, looking up from his phone to a room full of people staring at him, confused. That's a lot smarter of a sentiment than I'd ever think I'd hear come out of your mouth, Lucas. Todd responds. Just saying, if her life's going to be ruined, she deserves to be the one to do it. Sure. But you're surprisingly right. She came into our life and did what she always does, be a badass. We just got to appreciate that time and move on. It's not right to obsess over someone like that. Suddenly, Todd's cell phone rings and he stands with a start. Envy's in town, I gotta go. And he (laughs) rushes out the door, causing Gideon's eyes to widen with rage. Suddenly, Roxy's cell phone rings as well sorry guys there's a big protest downtown and i gotta get there before the riots begin those are my favorite parts she also stands and rushes out causing gideon to rush after her but she quickly shoves him away fuck off greaseball matthew patel also follows suit shoving past him with an appointment with his reiki practitioner in an hour no uh, guys stop The twins as well begin to exit, having having a gig at a local dive bar coming up soon. You can't just leave the League. The League is what made you. It's what made you who you are. The twins look at each other before looking back towards Gideon. Ramona Ramona made made us us who we are. And with that, they shove past him and exit, leaving Gideon completely alone. Until he hears a shutter click in the background and turns to see Lucas taking selfies. Just... (laughs) Get out. (laughs) And with that, Lucas quickly put his shirt back on and rushed out the door, grabbing his skateboard along the way. And suddenly, Gideon was alone. For the first time in his life, he was truly alone. I mean, after losing Ramona, he assembled the league to get her back. He always had someone by his side, someone telling him everything he wanted to hear. But now, as he looked in that mirror, he realized that those words were creating someone he didn't know. The face he saw wasn't his. The man in the mirror wasn't him. He wasn't perfect. But as he continued to stare, he saw that false confidence and bravado slip away. He saw the mask that he built for himself as a media mogul, a loving boyfriend, as a god of concert halls. He saw that mask slip away, and he saw the real Gideon Graves. And yes, he had a few problems here and there, a few skin problems that we won't get into, but it was the real him he rushed towards the window and he saw the idealized forms of matthew patel lucas lee roxy richter all of the evil exes exit the building and he saw them change back into normal people they weren't these cartoon character villains that they had been pretending to be for so many years they were real and that's all anyone was asking him to be Gideon smiled an actual fucking smile for the first time in years as he sat down and stared at that ball that once was filled with M&Ms and chuckled. It's gonna be okay. He repeated it to himself over and over, attempting to accept a life without Ramona Flowers. And it hurt every time he said it, because every time those words left his lips, he knew they were true. He knew he would be fine without Ramona. He knew his life and her life would be better if they were apart, and that thought scared him, because Ramona was all he knew. She was his status quo, and now that she was gone, all he had was the vast unknown of the future ahead of him. But that's where the fun is, right? Gideon Graves was a new man, and he knew he was going to be okay. So that's my fucking normcore fan fiction. <laughs> basic ass bitch stuff.
1: Oh, it was good though. It was it was aggressively normcore, but it was very good. I want to <laughs> play D&D with Lucas Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: just love that he's a fucking bird person. He's an Eric Oakcraft. <laughs>
1: It was the most precious fucking Lucas. Um, Lu Luke- <laughs>
0: he's just ultimate hambo in my fan fiction. It was
1: I. I love it. Um, no, that was good. That was yeah. very. Uh, that was like a Scotty palate cleanser. I feel like next <laughs> next week you are going to come back with something just completely fucking batshit now. <laughs> yeah. No. Maybe was- I hear
0: the blues are calling. Salad and scrambled eggs. It was nice. It's like, ah. Aww. Aww. Aww, Scotty can write something that's not fucking insane. Let's <laughs> him go! But, when we do come back next week, and do some buck wild shit, what are we gonna be- Oh no, it's my week to pick. Or is it your week? We kinda just both mutually decided last week, kind Yeah, uh, we, kinda,
1: we kinda just did that in, like, a panic, so here, let me, uh- Let's see. Let's spin the let's spin the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what a wheel sounds no, like. I'm really if you <laughs> what wheels have uh, you been encountering lately in your life? The wheel
0: I, of the ocean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wheel of fan fiction. Turn, turn, turn. What kind of fan fiction should we blur? <laughs> All right, we
0: Took longer than usual to come up with an idea, and I did have to cut 50 hours of audio, but what if, what are we doing next week?
1: Well, um, there's theme song, and it goes a little something like this. Indiana fucking Jones. <laughs> fucking Jones, Indiana motherfucking Jones.
0: <laughs> I would have loved if you had sang about a different show, but to the theme of Indiana Jones. <laughs> Timmy was a average kid <laughs> that nobody understands. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are they doing Fairly <laughs> on Pants or Indiana Jones? I don't know. <laughs> We're doing Indiana Jones next week.
1: Oh, shit. We sure but, are. And it's literally just going to be an excuse to continue to do shitty Sean Connery accents. Oh, that's
0: right! Is he in the third? Because I know that's your favorite. Yes. Alright, until then, <laughs> where could people find you on the internet?
1: Uh, they can find me... In Canada, <laughs> in a band, getting the shit kicked out of me. By, by Superman. A Superman by a scrawny little Canadian, Michael Sarah. Um, at Oh No Lit Class, the podcast that's basically spark notes, but it, it lives inside your ears and whispers you stories of classic literature, but also sprinkles them with cuss words and dong jokes. And you go, ooh, oh. Just Whoa. like that, you listen, you go, Oh, 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 oh. how oh. crass of them. <laughs> Ding dong jokes. Oh, oh, no lit class. Just like that. <laughs> and that's it. Oh no lit com, or wherever, whereverest the podcasts are. And if you would like to hear more of me talking about K dramas and William Hurt's dong and God knows what else, that's, uh, you could. Check that out at Twitter at Meg underscore danger.
0: And you can find me on Twitter being horny on main for Brie Larson at Scotty Moe, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. And check out all the other podcasts, including the many adventures of Sammy Magic, which just keeps getting more and more buck wild by the week. You can find it all at a load of pure dot com. Also, we have a combined Twitter account for this show, but we never use it. <laughs> we just tweet at it like it's our dad, and we just wait for approval from it.
1: We just reference that it's there. Yeah, it will give you no
0: new information, but if you ju- <laughs> just go to it, at Fun Fiction
1: Show. Just just at Fun Fiction, and we'll realize that you added it and be like, oh yeah, fuck, that's right, the show's got a Twitter account, don't it? Because both of us have more followers than the show's Twitter account, and we refuse to grow it because we're bad at podcasts.
0: The only post for three years will just be our fucking horny on main rank of Scott Pilgrim.
1: Yep. And and the retweet of Rusty Quill fucking coming for us. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I forgot about that.
0: Um. I'm doing work. You can <laughs> just tell best go tell best day good shit or whatever. <laughs>
1: You go tell Best Day thanks for the fucking song. <laughs> 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 thanks for our theme song, you motherfucker. It's okay. He's my brother. I can say that. He made a <laughs> theme song. <laughs> if you like it, you can listen to more music like it at soundcloud.com slash best hyphen day or on Spotify or Apple Music or, you know, music places. Go search Best Day. He's there. Probably. That and- bastard
0: fuck <laughs> and donate money no. to us on. <laughs> don- <laughs> give us money on patreon.com slash load of bs we got exclusive content like exclusive commentary tracks that we do for bad movies like home alone 2 lost in new york a film that i thought i would like And then I really didn't. And you can get that. And also, we're going to start doing Saturday streams on Discord, where we hang out, go on virtual trips to Disneyland, all sorts of fun shit. It's waiting for you. For the price of a cup of coffee, you get a whole month of good shit. Man, I don't know. Patreon.com slash load of BS. Buy our merch! Buy our merch!
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Buy, Merge da- merch. Merge come, come.
0: Buy the fucking merch. Merch <laughs> dot load up your BS. Dot com, com,
1: com. Buy the fucking merch.